Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addiction. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey everybody, welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where men talk about stuff men don't talk about. Jordan and I are here today and we are getting ready to discuss a little marital therapy. And Jordan, this is really your area of expertise. Um, you know, I'm the divorce guy, so <laughs> I'll let you kick us off. Well, sure. You know, I mean, I mean, Hey, I mean, it could, that could be an area of expertise too, you know, I mean, just saying, but we could, uh, you know, for sure I can jump in and talk a little bit about, uh, some marital therapy and probably a little bit is about marriage in general. Um, I guess. And, you know, we, um, I know Chris and I behind the scenes have kind of been visiting about this topic, uh, chatting about it, you know, on a few different occasions. Cause it's one that really has a, uh, there's kind of a, a, you know, a large amount of stuff to pull from, um, with this topic just in general. And I know one of the things that I was going to kind of kick us off with was just, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the, the, and I would highly recommend there's a YouTube clip that you can watch, of this married couple, um, and they're on a couch. Chris, have you seen this one by any chance? It's called the nail in the head video. I don't believe I've seen it. Um, okay. but I, but the concept sounds really familiar. So you may have to, it, it may strike a, a bell with me here. Well, the whole, the whole concept, and I would encourage you if you, Hey, if you're on, if you're online right now, you know, listen to us, get on YouTube type in nail in the head video and what it's going to basically show you in just a brief synopsis is there's this married couple they are sitting on a couch together and they're talking about this. Uh, the, the female in this has a nail sticking out of her head. Uh, and one of the, one of the big things it's basically showing in this is how the difference in how men and women talk about different, uh, different issues. Uh, this one in particular was more of the, you know, the wife obviously wanting her husband just to listen to her, to acknowledge, to, to validate, hey, you know, I've got this nail in my head and it hurts and it's the pain that's going through. Where the dude's sitting back there just going, you, you got a nail in your head, just pull it out. <laughs> just, get, just get rid of the thing. Um, and one of the things it really, it really just highlights for us is just the differences uh, in, in the way we communicate, the differences in the way we think. And to me, that's just, that's just such a, it's such a big thing, you know, when just looking at just marriage in general, uh, of how it can go wrong, uh, how it can go right. And, and just sort of, you know, some different things to look at there. Jordan, I have, I, 
I think I have seen that one. The guy is sitting on the couch and she at one point gets up and you don't understand. It's that kind of thing, right? That's it. And That's it right yeah, there. I have, I have seen that one and he's just like, well, you got a nail in your head. That's yeah, right. I, yeah, I have seen that one. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, obviously it over, it probably, it seemingly over magnifies the issues, but you know, for a guy who's done, um, yeah, I know you guys know I work a lot with trauma and addiction. Probably the other thing I work a lot with is couples. Uh, and doing a lot of marital therapy, I can honestly say that's not too far off uh, from what you you know what I see in my office a lot of times. Uh, you know, I've got stories that I'm sure I, you know I wish I could share. You know, all of them, and we may get to some of them. But you know, it just it just highlights just some of the the ongoing stuff. Uh, that we deal with just in our relationships in general. So Jordan, one of the things that comes to mind, you know, social media, I have gotten a kick out of some of the stuff going on with the quarantine lately. And Mm -hmm. one of the, one of the funny memes I saw recently, it said something to the effect, where are all of, all of y'all married couples I haven't seen any posts about how blessed you are and how wonderful he is these days. <laughs> you know? No, they're all over to hating on each other, right? You know, so try, trying not to, uh, try not, you know, try not to get in these brutal fights. Probably, I don't know, getting so tired of each other. You know, that's that's the thought right now, right? You know, um, there's all kinds of memes I think out there going on where, you know, husband and wife are looking at each other like, you know, what are we doing? So the COVID thing has definitely, definitely brought out a lot of issues. There's no doubt about that. And honestly, that does bring up a good point, you know, as well, just all this time together that we have right now, you know, it just lends itself to kind of bringing out these, these marital issues uh, that are there. Um, One of the things I I was thinking of just trying to get this topic going was uh, John Gottman, really good researcher when it comes to marriage and divorce. Uh, Gottman's the guy that if you've ever read any of his stuff, and I think I think the book that's coming to my mind right now is The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work. He writes about the sort of the predictors of divorce. You know, here are the four things uh, that, that are big indicators of divorce. It's things like contempt, criticism, stonewalling, and of course, I'm not going to come up with the fourth one right now, but it's the four major things that predict divorce. Money. Yeah, my money should be there, right? You no, know. well, money is yeah. right. Money is a Money's high conflict. Absolutely, my parenting would be another one. You know, I mean, how do you how do you navigate these things? But one of the things Gottman says that I think is really important for our discussion is he he basically claims that from his own research, and again, you know, uh, going off what he says, that there's about sixty nine seventy percent of marital problems that he considers perpetual problems. Problems that are not just logistics, that are not just, hey, can we, you know, can, can you can you sweep the floor? Can you take the trash? Not that kind of stuff. You know, it's more of the stuff that's like, okay, I just don't like you for being you, you know, and how that we can get in our relationships. And if any marriage is honest, you've been there before. You know, you've been there at those times. It's just like, you know, I love you, but I'm sick of you. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm kind of sick of this, of you at the moment. And one of the things that's big, I think, in that is just how we kind of navigate those those perpetual problems. And then along with just, you know, uh, a separate discussion could probably be just the needs, uh, the, the differences in men and women and the needs that each other have. How do we navigate that stuff? How do we communicate about it? 
you know, I think I think there's a there's a problem, you know, for sure. I mean, if you look at, you know, I know we we joked about you know divorce at the beginning, but if you look at the divorce rates, I mean, they're not good. Uh, I think there's a lot of indicators that things aren't aren't great when it comes to relationships. And I, I don't know, Chris, if you've looked at it lately about the latest stats or anything like that with, uh, you know, just, just with divorce rates. But I, I know it was holding strong at right around fifty percent there for a long time. I think you're right. I think it is still about fifty percent. Just a couple of questions, comments that came to mind as you were speaking. I was thinking about this, let's call it rounded to 70% of problems. What I'd like to know, and I don't know if it's more based on his research or anecdotal evidence from your office, but how much of that conflict, let's call it, comes from not preparing for marriage, not really knowing the person and just getting married versus people change. How much of that do you think is kind of upfront? We didn't do any work at the beginning and now we're paying for it into the marriage. Yeah, I, I think it's both and. I think there's a lot of that. Uh, there, there's a lot of just poor poor preparation. You know, a lot of the stuff, you know, obviously when people get married, you know, young or if you, you know, really when you get married at all, there's that infatuation period. There's the whole, this person just can do no wrong, you know, and we overlook a lot of issues, you know, I, I've been talking to clients lately about things right along this topic of how there's just that period. And honestly, it's not just with young people either. We just get to this place where we can overlook a lot of these things that are really going to be red flags and problems later on down the road, you know, stuff like entitlement, you know, stuff like how does somebody treat their own family? I mean, there, there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of different things we could list there, right? You know, but stuff that just may not match up. We'll probably do an episode. I mean, we'll probably do more than one episode in in this area. But, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, too, is we got this 50% divorce rate. People are also getting married later. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I do know they would be millennial age group, you know, in that 24 to 40 range. A lot of that, those folks are getting married in their 30s. That's That's not uncommon. So... Uh, you know, and I, I wonder, some of that must be fear-based. They've, they've seen, you know, mer- their own parents and families with that 50% divorce rate. You know, who could, who could blame somebody for not wanting to, to rush in? Oh, for sure. You know, there, there's a lot of fear and anxiety that can come from it. You know, and I think too, just the, you know, the big thing I would comment there too, is the, getting married later is, you know, apparently not fixing the problem. Uh, you know, it, it, the, the issue is still there as far as trying to work things out. And you mentioned, you know, the, the whole, you know, people changing, you know, as they go to, and I, that's one of the things I know for me, just in marital therapy that I'm pretty upfront with people about is that you're going to change. You know, the fact is we're not going to stay the same people we were 10 years ago, five years ago. I mean, it just, I mean, I, I hope not in a lot of ways, there's going to be growth, hopefully as people go. I think the problem is, are you growing together? Are you growing apart? And I know that can sound very cliche, but it's true in a lot of ways. So to your point about going to change, the fact of the matter is the brain isn't even really fully developed until, you know, 25-ish for women, 27 for men, right? So we're not, um, you know, it's part of it is physical changes that uh, occur in the brain. Frontal lobe's not developed. 
So, I mean, you're the, you're the therapist in this situation, but I think that's correct. What I just said. (laughs) It's correct, man. You're, you're right on. I mean, and it, it is, it's one of those things If you can't, you can't expect that. And honestly, I can't tell you the the amount of times I've heard that in therapy. Uh, You would think almost people would kind of know better than to say that, but it's just, you know, you'll get in there and you'll hear somebody say, Oh, I just wish she was the way she was when, you know, we were 20 and I'm going, that's impossible. <laughs> that's that, that, that's a time reality. You know, you're not going to be the same person you were uh, at, at these certain points in life, certain seasons of life. Uh, it's different. You know, I, I, I think the thing about it is, it's just how, how do we, you know, it, it brings up a lot of questions, I guess, you know, things like commitment things like, you know, are, are we going to try to, are we going to try to just get along? You know, one of one of the things I was mentioning about Gottman earlier, and I, I've always found this funny with his stuff, but he's not really the the researcher about marriage that's into all the fluff and, you know, oh, let's just have this, you know, we're just going to all be holding hands on rainbows type things. He's more of the type of like, can we just have a cup of coffee without killing each other? <laughs> that's that's kind of that's kind of his standard, you know, for where marriage can be. Can we can we can we just get along on a base <laughs> level? You know? That's so funny. Well, and and I hate I mean this, you know, this this is partly for me, but some of the you know, I'll not mention them by name, but some of the tried and true books that we have out there on on marriage and even for marital therapy. I think sometimes they present this image of marriage that's almost unattainable. Uh, it, it's almost this thing of like, you should just be rocking along on all these levels, great, and meeting each other's needs all the time. And, and that's, you know, folks, it's just not, I, I, don't, I, I don't believe that's reality. You know, I think there's part of that where there's a little bit of give and take. I'm not saying in that that you shouldn't, have, you shouldn't want your needs met, all that kind of stuff, but you got to give on it too. Uh, and so that's, that to me tends to be the, the way I look at these things is we have to be, you know, for, for it to really work well, you know, husband, you know, and wife, they've got to be, they've got to be putting, they've got to be putting in the same amount of effort, you know, and I, and I realize there's things that can come up, you know, in life to where you need the other one, you know, there may be illnesses or maybe things like that, that, that may arise to where, you know, you need somebody else to step up a little more. Sure. That, that should be common sense to me at that point, you know, that that's just what you should do. But a lot of times there's just this gross disparity in the amount that somebody's putting into it. You know, maybe one's putting in 75% and the other one 25, you know, that can't, that can't rock along very long without there being problems. Well, and some of that, you know, when you say that, just using those numbers as an example, 75, 25, one of those two people seems to be a pleaser, Mm -hmm. seems to be a giver. And the other seems to be a taker, uh, it sounds like, right? And I'm very broadly speaking here. But those patterns get established. And that, in, in my view, that just sets up the person that's giving all the time for resentment and the person that's receiving all the time to feel controlled. I mean, there's just all sorts of problems with that, potentially, if it's not more of a balance uh, in that power differential, let's call it. I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but certainly they're not a partner, an equal partner. For sure. And mentioning the, you know, the term power differential, I think that's huge as well. You know, it's like, you know, and you see is, is a couple comes into like my office and you can, you can tell pretty quickly, you know, who is the one that probably is the, 
I don't know, sort of takes the lead role, you know, maybe in the marriage. Um, and, and it brings up kind of questions as to, you know, what, what's that about? You know, what, what's, what's going on here? Why, why is there, why is there, a, why is there such a big differential here? You know, a big difference between the two. And, and a lot of times it's just something that's, you know, it's interesting and it, it plays out in a way of, you know, okay, why, why is the other one checked out? Is that always that person's fault? Not necessarily. You know, there's a lot of different things that I think, and, and honestly, like you mentioned, Chris, probably we could have a whole episode on the things that, that contribute, you know, just listing stuff <laughs> that, that contributes to marital issues. I mean, I, you know, I know I could, I can think of several right off, right off hand. I know you can too. I'm thinking of a bunch right off the top of my head too. One of uh, the most glaring, and we talk about it all the time, is that couples go into marriage having not done any of their own work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And honestly, I think that's that's what I pick up on a lot. And, and you know this from listening to our podcast. If you've heard other episodes, that that's something that you and I, clearly we talk about a lot on here. Uh, it's true. I mean, you've got one person in the in the relationship that has not really done their work. They're bringing in a lot of stuff. And look, you're bringing in stuff anyways, even if you have done your work. But you're bringing in a whole lot more if you haven't. And and what you're going to bring in, you're not even going to recognize. Because I think that's one of the keys, too. It's like the couples that I see that have really done their work, and honestly, I don't see a lot that have really done their work, you know, other than maybe just a tune-up or fixing some, you know, minor issues that are going on. But you know, you'll, you'll see one person that, that is aware of the issues that they bring in. And the other one is completely clueless, you know, and really wants to play the blame game, place blame on the other one all the time. It just doesn't work. You know, um, you know, we, we talk about, and I, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, Chris, if not, we can come back to it another time. But, uh, th- there's an idea of the, you know, when working with people, it's called, uh, it's based on a guy named Stephen Cartman at the Cartman's drama triangle, but the, the roles like the victim and the persecutor and the rescuer. And honestly, we can, we can discuss later if we need to, but you know, this victim mentality that, that is what I honestly see a lot with marital therapy that you'll see one person sometimes both, you know, and that's when it's real rough, you know, that really take on this victim, victim mentality to where it's just nearly impossible to do anything with. So Jordan, aren't there, aren't there whole family systems based in this? I mean, this isn't right. There's whole families that, Oh yeah. uh, In, in, I'm thinking of an alcoholic family, for example. I mean, that whole family can play a victim, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, and you, you see it play out a lot, you know, and, and honestly, you know, in a lot of unhealthy families, you see it play out a lot to where, like I said, it's multiple, like, like you said, the whole family, they take on this, this whole victim persecutor role and they go back and forth on this all the time, you know, and it's just, it's just nearly impossible to navigate it because if you think about this, okay, somebody who's playing a victim role, especially in a marriage, let's go there for a minute, you know, if you try to say anything to really challenge that, what role does that put you in? Well, it puts you in the role of their, their, you know, the, the perpetrator in the, in their narrative. That's where you're at in therapy. It can become a lot that way too. You know, sometimes as a therapist, you have to be very careful not to be seen in that way either. And which makes it very interesting to have, how to navigate that because, you know, you have to be able to challenge the system in some way, right? So it's just a very, it's a very interesting dynamic 
you know, to, to, to bring out when you, when you look at those things. And it sounds like those, uh, issues, you know, they're based in fear. People don't want to every, you know, people want to be right. You know, I get that. One of the things I've, I don't remember where I've heard this, but, and if I can find it, I'll, I'll let the listeners know sometime, but I'd rather be happy than right. <laughs> you know? Right. And I think that's where you're kind of going with this is if you're going to go to therapy with your spouse, it's better to be happy than right. You know, it's, it's better to own up to some of your crap, um, do some of your work and not have, and not have the, uh, you know, the fight to be right. Absolutely. Being right is not what's going to win, you know, and, and that, that's where I think some of this, this mutual uh, ownership you know, comes into play, you know, one person does not need to be owning everything, you know, in a relationship, you know, this, and that's honestly how you, you really work with stuff with the Cartman's triangle. You work with things like, you know, helping the victim try to own some of the stuff because that's, that's part of the problem. You know, uh, we, we, we have to be able to have sort of this mutual ownership of what's going on in the relationship because it is really difficult when it's like, you know, it's, it's pointed out that it's all one person's fault because, Unfortunately, I'm not, look, I'm not saying there's not outliers here. There always are outliers to where it may be, you know, a lot, a lot of it is on one person. Okay. That happens. That's sad to see, but it does happen. Uh, I think a lot of times when that happens, you're dealing with a lot of narcissism type things. And, and that's just very difficult to deal with. However, though, in most relationships that I see, you know, there's problems on both ends. So, you know, there, there's ownership that needs to be had both ways. It's like the old saying, there's my way, your way, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. So, you know, I, th I think you're right, Jordan. I, let's put 80% on one person. 20 is a fair amount to take responsibility for, for the other, right? So there's enough to go around. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny, you know, Chris, when you think about, like, it's funny to see in therapy, when you see couples just start to take on, when one person in the relationship, you know, it really starts to take ownership. A lot of times I see the other person's walls start to come down, you know, and it starts to kind of ease them into more of that as well. Like I said, it doesn't happen every time, but a lot of times it does. Uh, and it can really help us get out of that where I, that, that level of being offended and, 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 you know, and I know we've, we've touched on that before. A lot of the entitlement issues that come up, you know, there, there's a lot of what I see in marital therapy, folks, if I could just bottom line this thing, uh, and, and this is not easy to hear, and you may not agree with it, and that's okay. My perspective tends to be that a lot of our issues that arise in marriage are, are due to entitlement. It's I want what I want, no matter what you want, no matter if it steps on you or hurts you or whatever it may be, I'm going to try to get what I want. And I think that's that's a problem as we look at as we look at marriages. Well, Jordan, that is a that is a great point to end on for this episode, and I think we should pick back up on that. And you know, you can share some examples from therapy, and maybe we have some other examples in real life, and hopefully some non-examples of that too. How does that sound to you? So good. That sounds great. Sounds great. All right, so let's um, kick off here now, and we will. Uh, we'd ask that you like us on social media, follow us on our various channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. And 
please contact us if you have a topic you'd like us to to discuss, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience, LLC, for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.